long and detailed, largely because uh, Carol Ember and Mel Ember, the authors of your text, are psychological anthropologists. So here are the major topics that are going to be covered. The universality of psychological development, the anthropology of childhood, cross-cultural variation in child-rearing, psychological explanations of culture variation, psychological variation in adulthood, and individuals as agents of cultural change. Now we're going to turn to the University of Psychological Development. So in what respect is psychological development the same the world over, and in what respects is it different? If we turn to the issue of emotional development, we don't have a lot of data. Initially, there were Freudian interpretations using such concepts as the Oedipus uh, complex, uh, but research by Malinowski, as pointed out in the text in the Trobriand Islands, showed that uh, Freud's ideas didn't uh, fit there, or they fit in an opposite way. And in truth, we know very little about the cross-cultural variation in emotional development. However, if we turn to cognitive development, we find that there is a great deal of similarity from culture to culture in terms of the sorts of cognitive skills that has to do with language acquisition uh, and other dimensions of uh, cognition that are the same world over in that children tend to um, develop certain kinds of uh, abilities in a rather uh, similar um, time scale. Uh, some of the research done uh, by the Swiss psychologist Piaget on sensory motor uh, development and the like has shown to have some relevance, at least in the early dimensions of childhood, um, in terms of its universal patterns. To look at the anthropology of childhood, uh, we want to kind of uh, deal with explaining variation in childhood and beyond. So we have uh, topics such as the parents' belief systems, and there's a nice uh, description of uh, Dutch parents and how they differ from American parents, and the kinds of uh, ideas that parents have, uh, which the um, authors called ethno-theories about how children should develop. It also may be uh, possible that there are ad adaptational explanations for childhood development in that um, we should expect that in certain kinds of environments, certain sorts of skills and cognitive orientations and emotional responses would be uh, adapted and therefore selected for. And there's also a possibility that there are some uh, genetic and physiological influences on development. Uh, the work of Friedman, for example, is highlighted when you're finding that, uh, for example, um, Asian children and Native American children are much more relaxed and passive than um, children in um, Western societies. And uh, so research in this area is, uh, is ongoing. If you look at the cross-cultural variation in child rearing uh, in greater detail, uh, we want to ask the question, does variation in child rearing customs account for the observed psychological differences of people? So the whole set of topics here that deal with parental responsiveness to infant and baby holding, for example, we find that uh, in many societies uh, children are held a lot more, especially in tribal societies, than in modern societies. Uh, looking at parent-child play in our society, for example, we emphasize that. In many, many other societies, uh, parent-child play is not emphasized. In fact, children spend more time playing with uh, other children, not their parents. And then there's uh, parental acceptance and rejection of children. Uh, 
depending on you know whether they're engaged or whether they are kind of cold and aloof. Uh, the research of the Rohners is um, uh, exemplified um, uh, in a session in, in the text. And then uh, p parents' attitudes towards compliance or assertiveness uh, in that uh, are children expected to uh, uh, behave or to kind of be independent and assertive. And there are different attitudes towards uh, aggression in some societies. Um, uh, aggression is um, not uh, put down by parents. Uh, in, in other societies, parents use aggression to stop aggression, which actually leads to more aggression later in life. And then task assignment in terms of, um, in, in many, many societies, children are put to work very early. That is, they are responsible for uh, care of younger sibling, uh, gathering uh, water, and helping out uh, around the house. And then also there's uh, great variation in the kinds of settings that children have in Western societies, um, or in houses or other structures, uh, in uh, many, many societies throughout most human history. Um, time outdoors is the predominant kind of a location where uh, children uh, learn and, and grow. If we look at psychological variation in uh, adulthood, one of the uh, more studied areas have been concepts of selves. Uh, many anthropologists have concluded that the concept of self in many non-Western societies is quite different from Western uh, conception of the self. In general, those from the West tend to be individualistic, while those from the East tend to be collectivistic, and the text spends some time dealing with the research on this topic. Another topic in psychological variation in adulthood is uh, perceptual style. Uh, that is, differences in field independence or dependence, and here we're talking about cognitive differences. And um, they ask, might the environment influence the way people in different societies think and perceive? And they bring up the issue of field independence, being able to isolate a part of a situation from the whole, or field dependence parts uh, are not perceived separately, rather the whole situation is focused on. So uh, people have different cognitive abilities depending on the kind of environment in which they live. And what was found by a number of researchers, for example, is that uh, in hunting and gathering societies, uh, field um, independence is very important uh, because one has to be able to um, pick out um, game and, and other resources in a complex kind of environment. And uh, although they don't... Um, give you much information on some of the tests used, the uh, uh, frame and rod test. Uh, in the next um, slide we'll show you what that actually looks like. I pasted this in the um, slide set to show you what the rod and frame test actually look like. And it's uh, the ability to, you see those rods standing up, the ability to note whether they're uh, vertical or slightly altered um, in a uh, frame and uh, your ability to perceive uh, straightness uh, will be a test of your field independence. People who are field dependent will tend to uh, look at the frame and see uh, and orient the rod in it and not be able to tell whether it's actually absolutely uh, straight up or tilted one way or the other. Now if we turn to the topic of expression of aggression, uh, societies are very markedly in the degree to which adults express anger and act aggressively towards uh, others. In uh, farming communities, for example, it was suggested by Edgerton that uh, farmers tend to uh, hold their emotions uh, close. They tend not to uh, blow up or express their anger or indeed even happiness towards others. 
uh, they want to have dependent relationships. Um, but on the other hand, he found that pastoralists more, were more willing than farmers to express aggression uh, openly. Uh, it's hard to tell what this is a consequence of, but it may be the fact that um, in general pastoralists are much more warlike uh, than farmers. Uh, this is just a kind of illustrated example of a very aggressive society, the Anamamo group that I studied, and here we have uh, two men facing off in a crowd uh, doing a uh, chest-pounding duel. Uh, the receiver of the blow stands with his uh, uh, chest out, and the um, uh, person who's going to deliver the bow, blow uh, is, is all wound up and is going to strike an overhand blow across the heart. And this is in contrast to um, the kind of peaceful life we see among a pygmy, a very relaxed kind of family life, uh, children being cared for by men and women uh, in a very kind of relaxed uh, attitude. This is indirect and, and what's also significant is that the uh, pygmy have very low levels of violence where the Yanomamo have very high levels of violence. In a box on page 167, the question of gender differences in morality is asked. Uh, are women more concerned with compassion, sensitivity to others, and affection, uh, while men are more concerned with following rules and par impartiality, as Gilligan uh, suggests? Uh, there's some evidence for these differences, but even though men and women feel differently uh, in these dimensions, uh, there's no evidence that they seem to affect their moral behavior. Sometimes we want to focus on psychological explanations of uh, cultural variation, that is, do, do the psychology of people somehow color and affect the nature of their culture? So psychological anthropologists are interested in the possible causes of psychological differences between societies as well as the possible consequences of psychological variation. Uh, again, uh, some research has been done in this area. Uh, but um, it's a very interesting question, and we just have, at this point, some uh, more tantalizing questions than good, solid conclusions. One approach to um, explanations of cultural variation uh, stemmed from the work of Adam Cardner, who suggested that cultural patterns influence personality development and that the resulting personality characteristics influence culture. So we have primary institutions that have to do with um, how we adapt to the environment, how we procure our food, and then this leads to um, secondary in institutions, which are social institutions like family, marriage, and kinship, and trying to figure out how personality uh, and psychology affect uh, the structure of um, these uh, institutions and vice versa. Other researchers have kind of uh, taken Gardner's approach to heart and look at the personality integration of culture, which refers to the possibility that an understanding of personality might help us explain connections between primary and secondary institutions. Uh, if we look at individuals as agents of culture change, and here the focus is on how individuals can change cultures, ethnographers are focusing more explicitly now on how individual agency that is, the ability of uh, individuals to act on their own and follow their own desires may bring about uh, cultural change, especially when groups of individuals uh, work together uh, to uh, create change.